All right, we want to uh, <coughs> greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to everyone that's here today. Thank you all for coming out on this first day of this year. And uh, thank God for allowing us to see another year. Some people didn't make it to this year. We thank God for that. And I believe we ought to thank God every day that we see another day. We ought to live like we're not promised tomorrow. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the eighth chapter of the book of John. chapter of the book of John all right brother God said won't you come up and offer us a word of prayer before we get into the God's word Is everybody there? The eighth chapter of the book of John. You know, um, my prayer is that we will really take heed to the things that we hear, the things that are, are preached, uh, because. I believe that God means what he says. I sincerely believe that. And uh, so let's not take these things lightly when the Lord speaks to us and when he decides to share his word with us. Uh, let's not become like the children of Israel where they were so used to God sending prophets and men of God to visit them and to talk to them and to try to persuade them that they were they grew numb and they they forgot about how privileged they were to just be able to hear from God and so then God provoked them to jealousy by visiting other nations it's just like what we read what the Lord tells them in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke that there were many people who were lepers in the days of Elisha but unto none of them was he sent except Syri the Syrian. And there were many widows 
in the days of Elijah, but unto none of them was he sent, uh, but unto this one particular woman. And so, you know, let's not, um, let's not take these things for granted because uh, a lot of people would consider themselves blessed to be able to hear from God, especially about directly concerning their situation. You know, <coughs> sometimes people, uh, they get so used to false prophets, you know, and what the, the whole purpose of a false prophet is to gr get you numb to the words of God because it's not talking to you. False prophets are not there to, direc to directly address you. They're just there to encourage you or whatever it is that they are doing. But oftentimes you do not receive a direct word uh, from a false prophet because they're not there uh, to deal with you directly, if that make any sense. But when you come to a place like this where God is really talking to people, um, you could think, you know, or you could let these things go over your head. You know, the fact that God is dealing directly with you about things that uh, you are, that's right before you. And uh, oftentimes, uh, just like what the writer of Hebrews says, we will let those things slip. In other words, get away from us uh, because God sent a warning and we just didn't take heed. We were just kind of living our own life and doing our own thing and not really um, paying attention to what God was trying to tell us. And that'll cause us to fail tests that oftentimes come our way afterwards. And so my prayer is that we will uh, not take these things for granted. When God is talking to us, let's believe that he's talking to us. All right, so are we all there? The eighth chapter of the book of John. All right, we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. <coughs> and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Now oftentimes, um, this scripture is taken out of context. Um, does everybody understand? Because people want to use this scripture to say that if they are living in sin, uh, then we're all living in sin, and so you can't judge me and I can't judge you. But look at what he says. You pay attention to this. Again, every word is in this Bible for a reason. Verse 7, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin, where? He was talking to sinners. He wasn't talking to those holy apostles that were standing behind him. 
he was talking to sinners. If you sinning, shut up. Does everybody understand that? He didn't say he, the, he, he would, most of the time when you hear this quote, that's all you hear. He that is without sin, let him first cast a stone. That's not what the Bible said. He that is without sin among you. Does everybody understand now? So let's kick over that religious cow. Verse 8, and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own what? By their own what? That means they were doing some stuff behind the scenes. They began to think about stuff. Does everybody understand that? They begin to think, well, I'm not committing adultery, but I am stealing. I am still dealing with a lying spirit. No, I, I, better, I better not. Let me leave this whole situation alone. Everybody see that? But what about the folks that don't have a conscience about it? They're living holy. Does everybody understand now? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 9, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man, what? Now let's, let's pay attention to what the difference is. Does everybody understand? So let's just take out the whole quote unquote among you. He that, he that is without sin among you. Let's look at this in context and I just want to share with you this is how people can miss it. You know when you read God's word and you're reading it from your own dark heart you will always pull out dark things. You'll miss the point. Let me make this clear. He was talking to people that wanted to kill this woman. He was talking to people that wanted to kill this woman. He wasn't talking to people that wanted to correct her. But see, there's a spirit of anarchy that don't want to be corrected. And they'll go find a scripture like this <laughs> to justify their behavior to justify themselves. Does everybody understand the difference? These people wanted to kill her, not correct her. Does everybody understand? So there's a difference. Men of God have a right to come to you and correct your behavior. They have a right to do that. Does everybody understand? All right, let's go and keep reading now. Verse 11, let's, well, let's read verse 10 again. It says, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman he said unto her woman where are those thine accusers hath no man condemned thee verse 11 she, he, he says she said no man lord and Jesus said unto her neither do I condemn thee in other words I'm not about to kill you does everybody understand that so does everybody understand the context of this scripture now that the Lord didn't want her killed? But look at this correction. Go and do what? What did he say now? Try?
How many of you know that this happened at a particular time? Let's say it was January 1st, the year 26. If this woman was still alive, she would remember the exact day the Lord saved her life. She would remember the exact day. She got grace and mercy extended to her. Now, th th what this is designed to show us is this. When God come to correct you, what is it on the inside of you that gets stirred up and upset that you're being corrected? Why don't you have the mind to rejoice that God didn't just kill you in your sin? Does everybody understand? Oh, you better believe he's got every right. The Lord has a right to wake up everybody that ever lived in this life that died saved and say, you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> he's got a right to do it. He is not obligated to us. So instead of us seeing correction, like it's just this horrible thing, why don't you see it for what it really is, the grace of God? Most of you, all of you grown people in here, by show of hands, how many of you know what day you were born on? You know what day you were born on, right? I said, how many of y'all, who don't know what day they were born on? Okay, I want to see the hands. So you know what day you were born on. How many of you married people, you know what day you got married on? How many of you actually celebrate that day some kind of way? You go out to a special dinner, you know, buy some extra Pop-Tarts or whatever it is you do. If you have children, how many of you know what day your children was born on? So you know how to keep up with dates. You were born on a particular day. On your birth certificate, it has the day. It even has the hour and the minute that you were born. Very detailed. You know why they keep notes of that? Because that's, that's, gonna, that's supposed to be important to you. Yeah, that, that's supposed to be important to you. So at a particular day, God decided for you to enter into this world. Not just a day, but an hour and a particular minute. You were supposed to come into this world. Do we agree with that? So in other words, we know that God is very, very decisive. This woman was extended the grace of God in a particular day, a particular year, a particular hour, and a particular minute. Does everybody understand that? So let's say, for instance, it was January 1st, the year 26 or 27. At 3.53 p.m., 
Central Standard Time. The Lord at that very time told her, go and sin no more. You know what that means? Now, I'm trying to make this precise for a reason. That was not anything she was going to have to grow in. From that point, he expected her to live without sin. From that point, do you read about the Lord going back to the lady's house, doing personal Bible studies with her, trying to provoke her to good works? Does anybody understand that? He spoke to her one time. You got saved today. I saved your life. Now this is how you pay me back. Don't sin no more. Notice he didn't say, don't commit adultery anymore. When Charlie is calling you for that late night call, don't you pick up anymore. He said, go and sin no more. You know why? Because if you steal a piece of bubble gum, I can guarantee you, you're going to fall back into adultery. So just let it all go. Don't play with it. How many of you have found that out the hard way? So you know what I'm talking about. Well, you know what? I, I'm a dabble a little bit. Now, thank, thank God he delivered me from this. Uh, but I you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get a little bit. This ain't that bad. Does everybody understand that? And now you're chewing bubble gum and committing adultery. While you're committing adultery. <laughs> so does everybody understand the, the precision of God? That he was precise. So let me just say this. If the Lord told this woman, go and sin no more at a particular time, from that day forward, the angels of heaven was watching her. So was the devil. Because the Bible says he stands before God accusing the brethren day and night. So the devil was watching. You see God what she's doing? If the devil don't know anything else, he knows that God is not a liar and God has to honor his own word. The day God lies, the devil becomes God. Does everybody understand now? So y'all see where we're going with this? He was precise. Go and sin no more. In other words, from this day forward, don't you sin. What, there wasn't no personal Bible studies. There wasn't no, no personal phone conversations. There was none of that. Wasn't no more games. No games. But people today, they call themselves playing games with God. But God, I got to ease out of this thing. That's you expecting too much. You mean you, you expect me to stop? Just, just like that. <laughs> if you've ever been cheated on and you confronted your 
the other person, the person that cheated on you, did you tell them, look, I understand now that's a hard devil to overcome. And I'm going to give you grace and mercy. You got a year. You got a year. I know you done already, get, your heart is already tied up in this situation. You probably got some children on the way by the woman. I, I'm going to give you a year to get it together. So well, how many, so how much, how often do y'all talk now? Well, usually three times. Okay, so look, so I'm going to just wean you off of her. I can't expect you to just back out completely like that. That's impossible. So from now on, you just, you, you know, I'm going to give you a month or two months. Y'all talk two times a week. I'm, how often were y'all meeting up to bump uglies? Oh, twice a week? Okay, so let's, let's wean y'all out of that once a week. How many of you got that kind of grace and mercy? <laughs> Neither does God. Go and sin no more. <laughs> does everybody understand now? You see why we're not going to get by? We're not going to get away with God? You see why we need to stop playing games? God knows that sin has strength to it. That sin has, is a stronghold. The last thing you want to do is play games with God about it. Just say, Lord, I really don't want to stop it. I, I know you're not pleased with it. In my heart, I, I want to give this up, but I don't feel like I can. That's when God comes to your rescue. But if you're making excuses for it, the first excuse, nobody can live without sin, is yours to keep. If you're making excuses, well, I, you know, I need time, I, I have to grow. It's yours to keep. If you can expect your spouse to not cheat on you, God should expect you also not to cheat on him with sin. Does everybody understand that? You think God means what he says now? Yeah, he meant what he said. Go and sin no more. This woman was caught in adultery. He didn't say go and commit adultery no more. He said go and sin no more. You know why? Because he understood if you commit adultery, you're doing some other stuff. You graduated to adultery. The first thing you have to have before adultery takes place is a lying spirit. Does everybody understand? Do you know sin is all grouped together? You know why one reason why people go back into sin when they've been prayed for? Because they got their little pet sins that they have hid or think they have hid. Does everybody understand now? You have to give it all up. If you don't, you're going you're gonna to ease back into it. All of it. And then end up being worse than what you were before. So you got to give it all up. Stop playing games with God. I believe what he says in his word. If he told it, this woman wasn't superwoman. We know that. She was committing adultery. 
So then if he, if he told her, go and sin no more, it was within her power to not do that. And I, and I, just, I just believe God's word. If he tells us not to do something, I believe he gives us the power not to do it. I believe he does. Does everybody understand that? So this woman, if she had any sense at all, she went home and she testified. At this day, at this hour, at this minute, I received the grace of God. At this particular time. But you know that what it was going to take? Her having a made up mind. Jesus said, if your, if, if your right hand offends you, in other words, causes you to stumble, pluck it, cut it off. Does everybody understand that? He said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Does everybody understand? Does everybody understand why the Lord said that? Because he understands there are things, listen, your right hand is not a sin. Your eye is not a sin. Does everybody understand that? But they might lead you into sin. So he's saying whatever leads you down this path of sin, get rid of it. Don't think that you can hold on to it. So what was this woman supposed to do? To stop from committing adultery. Forget all about the man she was sleeping with. Let me block you. Let me block you on my phone. Oh, I got a Facebook account. Let me block you on my Facebook account. You remember where I live. Let me see if I can find somewhere else to live so you don't come creeping by here. There were steps that she would have had to go through to not sin. Does everybody understand that? If she had had a husband, she, then her thought would have been, well, you know what? Let me love my husband. Let me get over this offense I got towards him because that's the one thing that separated me from him to go out. So let me, let me do away with this. Let me cleave to him like I'm supposed to. Now, if you've ever lived that life, you know it is work. I say it's work. <laughs> All the sneaking around, the lying, hooking up at night, when you could just be with the person that you're with. Same body part. Does everybody understand now? <laughs> so God expected this woman to obey. Go and sin no more. Y'all think he meant that? So then my question to you is this. At what point did you make up your mind to not sin anymore? What day was it? What hour was it? What year was it where you told God, I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm not going to do that. By your grace, 
I'm going to stop the foolishness. Have you even made that declaration? Or is that just too big? That's too big. I can't, I can't make that kind of promise. The devil knows it. And by you being <laughs> compromising and, and, and not making that kind of declaration, you've just given the devil a back door to enter into your life. The Lord made this proclamation for this woman. Don't, don't you sin anymore. Go and sin no more. Does everybody understand that? So what that tells me is God expects for there to be that type of covenant between us and him. Lord, from this day forward, I'm not going to do that anymore. It, it doesn't matter how many times you've said it in the past. Say it again. This time, mean it. Does everybody understand now? What did Jesus say? Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Okay, Lord, I hear you. I, I am going to go and sin no more. I know what that means. Let me erase his number out of my phone. But I still got his number wrote down in my little black book, just in case. She went right back to where she come from. Does everybody understand? How many of you know the Lord ain't talking for nothing now? You know what it is that pulls you into sin. You know what those triggers are. Does everybody understand that? The Lord told us to cut those things off. It's better for you to go to, to heaven missing an arm, missing an eye, than to go to hell with all of your faculties. I'd rather go to heaven with a rotary dial phone. than a convenient smartphone that keeps me falling. Does everybody understand that? I'd rather put myself on a timeout. Does everybody understand now? <coughs> so we know we, ble we bleed that God meant what he said when he talked to her. Go and sin no more. Let's go real briefly now to the third chapter of the book of Hebrews. You ever notice we don't read about the Lord coming across this woman anymore? You ever notice that? You, you don't read anywhere in the Bible where the Lord ever came across this woman anymore. It don't mean that he didn't. We don't read it. It's not recorded. Now, let me explain to you what that means for us. You might only have one time for God to talk to you. When the Lord told her to go and sin no more, right then she received power to go and not sin anymore. If she'd had to go home and think about it for a week, I guarantee you she fell back into sin. Does everybody understand that? I can guarantee you that. Let's read what the Holy Spirit says to us in the third chapter of the book of Hebrews. 
And we're going to start reading at verse 7. Is everybody there? Let's read now. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith to what? What did he say now? Today, if ye will hear his voice, do what? Harden not your hearts. When did he say to do that? When now? Tomorrow when I, let me think about this, because this, that's, that's going to require a lot. That's a whole lot to give up. What day did he say? What day was it? And contrary to what some of us believe, you don't have forever to make up your mind. You think about it. How many of you ever proposed to somebody? You proposed. What if they say, well, just give me a, hold on now. Yeah, that's, I like what you do, what, what you got going on. Okay, you got a car, you got a little house, got all your teeth. Your credit score's above 400. Let me. Give me a year to think about it. And I can tell you, in the next few months, they're going to be married to somebody else. <laughs> that is what happens when we don't do it today. We're already living in adultery. Does everybody understand? One of the worst things to do in a relationship are, you know, <laughs> how many of you ha have ever seen that where a woman really have a desire to get married and she's got to beg and basically convince her husband. Now, they might be, they might have been engaged for five, ten years. But she's got to beg and pry. Look, if you want, if you want, you know, we need to Never mind, we're already doing everything. How many of you have ever seen that happen? Does it work out in the end? I say, does it work out? Because if you got to beg him to be there, he don't want to be there. Does everybody understand that? If God got to beg you not to sin, it's because you don't want to sin. You don't want to stop sinning. If God's got to keep pleading with you, don't sin. Don't do that. Does everybody understand that? You know to stop sinning, you have to want to stop. Now, here's the trick of sin. The Bible says it's pleasurable for the moment. Now, we ain't going to lie about it. it. It's some pleasure to it. But I can tell you this. If you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, it ain't worth the guilt. It's not worth the condemnation. Does everybody understand now? And so what happens is you got to weigh it. Yeah, I, 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 in my flesh, I want to do this. It's only going to last an hour. Do I want to spend the next week repenting for this? Or do I want to just get right and ask the Lord to help me to find pleasure in him? 
Does everybody understand now? So he tells us, in verse 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Everybody see that? You know what that means, to not harden your heart? You ain't sitting there with offense in it. You hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying? You ain't trying to figure out, is, is this message for me? It's for you. Does everybody understand that? Now, you know what else this says? That I could come to church and, and pray just like what Brother Garcia said. Lord, Lord, help us to receive what you have to say. I could come to church ready to receive until I hear what's been cooked, until I see and I smell what's been cooked. <clears throat> Does everybody understand that? It's just like you can go to a restaurant hungry. And you go there with your mind made up, man, I'm going to get these ribs. I've been, I've been waiting on this. I'm going to get these ribs. And then they, you, you, they bring you the menu and you, you order. And they say, no, we don't, no ribs today. All of a sudden, you're not interested in eating. And that's oftentimes what happens with people when they come to church. They come with their mind made up about what they're going to receive. Hungry, but not hungry enough for that which means not hungry yet. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? Verse 9, it says, When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore, in other words, how was I, I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always error in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Look at what he says, verse 12. Take heed, brethren. Everybody see that? Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now that right there lets us know that, that the once saved, always saved, that's a lie. You can depart from the living God. <coughs> Does everybody understand that? <coughs> the devil did it. And he was ranked a whole lot higher than we are in the kingdom of God when he was Lucifer. He departed from the living God. You think God is going to stop you from departing if you want to depart? Go ahead and keep reading. Verse 13, but exhort one another. How often? Everybody see that? What do you say now? How often? Everybody see that? Is that what we're doing? How many of y'all are calling people on a daily basis, exhorting them? Hey, brother, how you doing? You still struggling with that? No, no, let's pray. Let's pray right now. Oh, I got food to cook. 
Got my little youngins to feed. Got to change diapers. Because I live in my own world and don't care about nobody but me and my family. And that's the reason why I keep falling in sin. You know where the strength of sin lies in your life? Why is able to be there? Selfishness. When you're so self-focused, does everybody understand now? All right, let's go and keep reading. Verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called what? While it is called what now? Everybody see that? You see how that keeps coming up? Today? Today? Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Everybody see that? So you know what keeps me from being hardened through the deceitfulness of sin? Me exhorting and being exhorted. Does everybody understand? Verse 14, for we are made partakers of Christ if, everybody see that? If we hold the beginning. Does everybody see? Does everybody see that? Now, y'all pay close attention to that. Let's read that again. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we do what? Hold the what? The beginning. Everybody see that? The beginning of what? Our confidence. Steadfast until what? Does everybody see what they're saying now? When I first gave my life to the Lord, I was on fire for him. I had a zeal for him, and I was pretty certain I could go and sin no more. I still hold on to that 27 years later. Now, here's what I have to share with you. Since that time, there have been times that I have sinned. But you know what I do? I go right back to ground zero. I don't have to do this. I don't try to make God grade on a curve. If I score 50, I don't expect God's grace about it. God, I failed. I don't care what everybody else is doing around me. I failed. I don't say, well, you know what, the, the person, even, you, you know, you know how the sayings go, well, David was a whoremonger and so-and-so was a liar and all, you know, all this stuff. What's that got to do with you? The Bible tells me to be ye perfect, even as my heavenly father is perfect. Not as David was, not as Job was. What, is God sinning? Well, I need to be like him. That's the grading scale. God is. The Bible tells us that we have these fivefold offices till we all come into the unity of the faith. Till we get to that place where we are measured in his stature, Jesus Christ's stature. Does everybody understand? 
But see what we do as we, now this is that, now y'all remember what we just read about the deceitfulness of sin. And one of the things we do concerning what makes sin deceitful is this. As we ease into it and as we continue to sin, then pretty soon it's not that bad. And then after a while, God don't mean go and sin no more. After a while, be ye therefore perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Then that means something else. So now what I've done now is I've set a new standard for myself, which keeps me sinning. And so now I'm not doing what this Bible says, holding the beginning of my confidence steadfast until the end. Does everybody understand now? So now I'm all confused. I'm all confused. I don't know what day I was born again on. Because I don't know what that is anymore. I can tell you what day I gave my life to the Lord. Now you ask yourself that question. What day? What day did I give my life to the Lord? I'm not talking about this week after week stuff. Okay, I'm, I'm all in, God. I'm not going to play no more. I'm telling you, God expects for you to get saved and stay that way. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> I tell you, I'd like to know what kind of church this would be. If every other week I was in the club drinking and getting drunk and stripping and doing all kind of stuff, getting lap dances, and y'all had to come and encourage me, Oh, uh, Brother Bowden back at it again. <laughs> Let's call a prayer meeting because we need our pastor. What kind of church would this be? What's more important, this organization or your soul? The same way you would you would feel. How, you know, how would you feel if you had to come pull me out of something every other week? My wife would tell you, I don't, I don't play that. I don't, I don't get discouraged in those things. Even if I feel bad in my body, I'm, I'm going to be here. So God don't expect us to just check in and out with him all the time. At no time. Just be in. Does everybody understand? <laughs> God don't want to have to threaten you with hell to get you to act right. Just act right. I'm telling you if, you, if you're in a marriage and your husband or your wife got to tell you, and you know what, I'm about to leave you. And, and that's your motivation to start straightening up and doing right? You're not in a marriage. Because somebody is not genuine. Somebody didn't mean their vows. And I tell you what, it, it couldn't be me. All I got to see is you don't want to be there. I give you gas money to get away from there. I'm not, I wouldn't play the game for 10, 20 years. Does everybody understand? I'm telling you about me. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? 
<laughs> and so, you know, let's not take the grace of God in vain. God came around for this woman one time. You don't read anywhere in the book of Acts, but she's in those meetings. She said, you know what, y'all? God came across my path. He gave me a chance, but since then I've been back and forth in adultery. Can y'all pray for me? It wasn't none of that. She knew the Lord meant what he said. Now, here's what I want you to see about this woman we just read about in the eighth chapter of the book of John. Don't think for one minute that the people around didn't hear what the Lord said. Go and sin no more. She had already had a reputation for committing adultery. You think those Pharisees weren't watching her? You think they weren't waiting on her to do it again so they can bring her right back to the Lord and say, you see? Listen, you think the devil ain't at your doorstep? Waiting on you to keep messing around? Does everybody understand that now? So let's not, let's not play. Let's have this mindset that we're going to be all in with God. You know, and, and you know, and now listen, we're not preaching this message because it's a new year. God don't live in time. The Bible says a thousand years is as one day and one day is a thousand years. Every day is a new millennium for him. So that's the reason why we're talking about today. You've already lived your thousand years today. You see the danger of playing with God? You may say, well, my grandma lived to be 80, so, you know, and I'm only 30. And the Lord may say, why am I going to let you live to be 50,000 years old? That's where I live. So now you see why you can't play with God. The day you were born, you had already lived a 1,000 years. <laughs> so you see how you ain't got time? You ain't got time. Let's read verse 14 again. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Everybody see that? Verse 15. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. That word provocation is where we, is the, where we get our root word from, provoke. People provoke God in those days with their actions. Does everybody understand what it means to provoke God? That means God tells you to do something and you don't do it and you force him into action some kind of way in your life. I tell you what, when God come my way, I don't want him coming with a belt. Does everybody understand that? No, I don't want him coming with a belt, see. So you may think that this message is being preached because this is a new year. It has nothing to do with a new year. We don't observe times in that manner. Does everybody understand that? We thank God for seeing a new year, but we know every hour we're on this earth is a blessing. 
Now, one of the reasons why we, you know, we're not going to promote, well, this is a new year. Have you made your New Year's resolution? We're not going to promote that foolishness. You know why? Because January 1st, people talk about what they ain't going to ever do again or what they're going to do every day. January 2nd, they backslide, and then they got to wait to January 1st again. <laughs> so we don't play that game. We tell you to look at every hour of the day. There's a reason why time is divided in increments, even in seconds. God, a few seconds ago I was a liar, but not now. Not now. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's go now to the 24th chapter of the book of Joshua. Now, Joshua is at the end of his life. He has brought people, God's people, into the promised land. And this, what we are reading, about to read here, is his last real conversation with them and the charge that he leaves with them to keep. Let's read now. Let's start reading at verse 1. It says, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus said the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and ye came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan, and they fought with you. And I gave them into your hand that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, 
arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And ye went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. And I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not. And ye dwell in, in them of the vineyards, and olive yards which ye planted not, do ye eat. Everybody see that? So you know what God is laying out? I've been good to you. I set you up real nice. I preserved your life when the devil came to kill you. He's talking to you. There were times you got yourself in a situ situations that was meant to kill you. All those times you were out creeping at night, the devil had some car wrecks out there for you, but I kept that from happening. There were folks that you slept with that were HIV positive. I kept that from you. So you ain't here because of you. <laughs> so look at verse 14. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in what? Sincerity and in what? Everybody see that? You know what the word sincerity means? Don't play games. Mean what you say. When you fall, ask for forgiveness. If you fall, ask for forgiveness. Don't act ignorant like you don't know what you're doing. Don't act ignorant like it's something that you got to grow in. You ain't got to grow out of sin. No, you ain't got to grow out of it. So stop pretending like you have to grow out of it. Just say what it really is. I just want to do what I want to do. Does everybody understand now? So look what he says. Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Everybody see that? Now look what he says, verse 15. It's very interesting. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, isn't that something? Now ask yourself that. Does it seem evil to you? Is God asking for too much? I'm not talking about answering with your mouth, your lifestyle. He is if you're still living in sin. God don't pay attention to what your mouth is saying. The Lord been preaching this. Go and sin no more. If you're still sinning, he's asking too much of you. Does everybody understand that now? <laughs> isn't that something now I like the way the Lord laid this out 
I'm going to tell you just how good I've been to you. But hey, if, I, if I'm just too much of a God to you and I'm just too much of a dictator, you don't like my rules, you don't like all this protection I gave to you, if you want the HIV, does everybody hear that now? What does he say? Choose you this day whom you will serve. See, oftentimes we just quote that, that part of the verse. Choose you this day. And, we, and see, we don't, rem, we don't really realize what the Lord is saying. Look at what, it, what does the first part of the verse say? And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. So, so that's square one. If it's too evil for you, I'm going to back out. I'm, I'm okay. I'm out of the picture. Does everybody understand that? But look at what he says. Now you need to know what God you're really serving. In other words, don't live a lie. If what I'm asking is too much, then know this you are serving a God, and you need to know which one you're serving. Because you ain't serving me. If I'm such a dictator, if I just want too much control of your life, you don't like me telling you what to wear, how to carry yourself, what holiness look like. Okay, okay, I get it. That's fine. Hey, that's on you. But you need to choose what God you're going to serve because I ain't going to change my mind. So you know what this says to me? The only way you can serve God is in sincerity and truth. The only way you can serve him is by abiding by what he has laid out. You don't get to make your own Bible and, and make God abide by it. You don't get to tell God what all you're going to do and he's going to let you in heaven. He's telling you. Does everybody understand that? If I'm too much of a God for you, then you need to make sure you know who you're serving. You choose. Now, here's what we have to understand. If we're not serving Jehovah God, we're serving a God somewhere. Everybody's serving a God. I don't care how atheist you are. Even if you're your own God, you're serving something. Look at what that says now, verse 15. And if it seem evil, isn't that something? Ooh, that's something there. I say that is something. That he laid it out like that. If it's evil to you. Now, you might not like that choice of words, but that's exactly what it is. Does everybody understand that? If it's an evil thing to you, does everybody see that? Now, who's going to actually sit down and say that? No, it, uh, this don't seem right, serving God. No, they don't, nothing, something ain't right. Something is off about that. You see how gracious he is? The fact he's willing to bow out? Isn't that something? You notice what he says? He didn't say, if you're too stiff-necked to serve me, if you're too hard-headed, hard-headed, you notice he said? If, it's, if, if, if I ain't the one for you, 
if 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 you can't jive with me, isn't that something? Isn't he a, a sweet God? He don't even make you feel bad about it. Look, if you don't like my particular program, isn't that something? Hell is full of people that didn't like it. Yeah. Does everybody understand? <laughs> Verse 15, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Everybody see that? Does everybody see? Now you pay attention. That part of the verse, he's already backed himself out. He's no longer in the equation. If you serving me is too much for you, I'm going to back out. But look at what he says. But you need to choose. You need to choose who you're going to serve. Now, listen, not him. You've already made your mind up about him. Does everybody understand that? Look what he says. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Everybody see that? <clears throat> Does everybody know where he's going with it? Look at, what he, look at what he laid out. Now, this is how slick God is. Verse 11. Let's back up to verse 11. And ye went over Jordan and came unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites. Everybody see that? and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. So in other words, and then he says, so if you want to serve the gods of the, of the Amorites, go ahead. But just remember who King God is. Just remember, they couldn't help you. You're fighting a losing battle. And so that's what the Lord is saying today. The devil you were serving out in the world didn't work for you. <laughs> but, you know, again, if, you, if, if I'm just, it's just too hard, too much of a dictator, go ahead. Just know you're going to continue to live a defeated life. Does everybody understand that? Let's go and keep reading. In whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will what? Verse 16, and the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites. Everybody see that? So you see they caught what God was saying there. So what is the Lord saying to us today? What you were doing out in the world, did that work for you? Did it work? I mean, because listen, if it's working for you, go on back out there. Serve the God that's working for you. 
Does everybody understand that? Some of us, do we have any other good ideas we can come up with? Any other things we can try? Or do we understand we just on a collision course? This ain't going to work out. At some point, we have to make up our minds. Today is that day. It is not guaranteed God is going to come back around for you. Does everybody understand that? <clears throat> Listen, and I, I want you to hear me carefully. This woman that was taken in the very act of adultery, she was an Israelite. She had a right to hear the Lord preach. The Lord was sent to her to preach. Does everybody understand? So I want you to hear me carefully. Today is your day. The day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. You may say, well, I'm a, I'm a part of the ministry. I'm here every week. But, but do you know what happened? God can let you live another 50 years sitting right there in that seat you're sitting in and the whole time your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life because you hardened your heart. The day you hear God's voice, that's the day you better respond. Think about that, 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 that woman who was proposed to. Will you marry me? Let me think about it. And then later on, she come to us and says, oh, yeah, uh, you know what? I figure you're a good man. Oh, it's too late. I done moved on. Is that what you want God to tell you? We pointed out in his word, he said, today. You can say, wait. Does everybody understand that? I, I know for a fact that God is long-suffering. I know that. But again, you have to keep in mind, God measures by his own standard what long-suffering is. Nobody know how long long-suffering is. Again, if you've been here for a day, you've already lived a thousand years in God's days. Is a thousand years long? Yeah, it is. You better know it is. That's why today, <laughs> does everybody understand that? So what, I've been up here for about an hour? Let's divide that. What's that, 24, 24 hours in a day? So let's divide 1,000 by 24. What do we get? Right at 40. I've already been here for about 40 years. Preaching to you. In God's time. Does everybody understand now? <laughs> Let's make up our minds to serve the Lord. Does everybody understand that? If you believe the Lord was talking to you, you come down to this front. Let's pray.
All right, let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for everybody that's come down, Lord, who have heard your call. <clears throat> God, we pray that you will honor their faith in coming down and answering your call, Lord. Lord, I pray that everyone is here, that you will give them a, a new heart to serve you with their whole heart, Lord. That you will renew all of their minds, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come before you. God, we don't take these things for granted that you spoke to us tonight. Help us, Lord, with our whole hearts to serve you, O oh God. Forgive us for the times that we've taken you for granted. <clears throat> Forgive us, Lord. For taking advantage of your love and your grace. For doing spite unto your grace. Right now, Lord, we declare and we decree that from this day forward, we will go and sin no more. We believe, Lord, by your power that we can live a life without sin. We believe according to your word, Lord, that you are able to keep us from falling. Now, God, give us a desire to want to be kept, to want to remain steadfast. Give us a heart, Lord, also to call our brothers and sisters, to provoke them to good works, to exhort one another daily. Give us love, Lord, for one another, to care about each other's souls. Help us, Lord, to encourage each other in our daily walk with you. Help us, Lord, to be open and honest in those times when we may have weak moments. Help us, Lord, to reach out for prayer when the devil have isolated us, to corner us, to trap us. Help us to call on you, O oh God, knowing that you've already made a way for us to escape. Help us, Lord, not to play with sin. Lord, we pray that you will jog our minds. Let us go home, Lord, and take inventory. Let us look for that hand that's causing us to stumble. Let us look for that eye, Lord, that's causing us to stumble. Let us put that junk in the trash so we can enter into your kingdom. Help us to know, Lord, that there's a price to be paid. But also help us to know, Lord, that you paid the ultimate price. You gave your life for us. And now, Lord, help us to give our life for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen, brothers and sisters. We're grateful to the Lord for you all. We look forward to seeing you all in the kingdom of heaven. 
I'm looking forward to that day. You know, I think about that. A thousand years is one day, and one day is a thousand years. You know, and I look forward, me personally, I, I got some loved ones over there that I haven't seen in years. And, you know, I, I, and I think, Lord, I, I, I look forward to seeing them again. Yeah, I sure do. I look forward to seeing them again. And then I, I think, well, I, you know, I know I'll see them again. My prayers are that they can hold on until I get there. And then I have to remember over there, that's just a day, less than a day. I think about what the word says. David was gathered to his people. Samuel was gathered to his people. I look forward to that. I look forward to the day where we can, see right now in my body, I'm tired. And I don't feel well, you see. But I look forward to that day when I'm over there. Well, I'm not going to get tired anymore. You know, last night we fellowshiped until after midnight. You see, yeah, we, we fellowshiped till after midnight. But I look forward to that day where we'll be able to fellowship all the time and not get tired. And there won't be no such thing as nighttime there. Nobody's going to get sleepy. And all of the questions that we have, everybody understand that? I'm telling you, I, you know, me personally, just speaking naturally, so I'm real big on family history. And a lot of my people are, have died off. A lot of those, none of my daddy's siblings are living, and half of my cousins, first cousins are gone now. So it, it, we're running out of people to ask questions, to answer questions for us. But you know, you know, the Lord gave me peace about it. In that day, I'll know what I need to know. Does everybody understand that? Because, yeah, you know, I, I know some of the more people, they got tired of me calling them. They got tired of that. But over there, it's going to be a different story. I'll know how I'm kin to people. Does everybody understand that? I'll know, see. I'll be able to trace it all the way back to Jesus Christ himself and what he did for us. Everybody understand that? I'll know all of those things. And so we look forward to that day where we're not limited by this flesh. Does everybody understand that? We look forward to that day where we don't no longer have to plant trees to eat, no longer have to plant. It's just there. And when you get done pick, picking all of the pig feet off of one tree, it's just going to appear again. <laughs> Whatever you got a taste for, you're going to see some strange things there. Does everybody understand that? Isn't that something now? But I'll tell you one tree I'm looking forward to picking off of, and that's that tree of life. Does everybody understand that? And when you get to heaven, that's where you're going to find me, kneeling at his feet. Amen. All right. If that's all now, we'll go and be dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.